The title of our lesson, as you can see on the screen, is Jesus, a king like David. And here's the reason for the lesson. You know, this past week we had a presidential debate. And in short order, we're going to have either a re-elected president or we're going to have another man that's going to come and he is going to lead our country. And I think sometimes those thoughts cause us to have great stress, maybe anxiety. But I want to talk about the greatest leader in the world. He's greater than any worldly leader, and really, he's all that matters. He's the greatest leader in the world because he's the only one that can lead us to heaven. In fact, he is king of kings. He is lord of lords. So just for a little while... Let's just kind of cast aside all the thoughts in the political realm and let's focus on Jesus during these times and God always being in control. In Revelation chapter 19 and verse 16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It was prophesied that he would be king also. In Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 6, for unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want to talk about just for a few minutes, and I won't preach all that long this morning, but I want to talk about six points of likeness between King David and King Jesus. And my hope is this, when we look at the scriptures and even back to the Old Testament and we put them all together, that perhaps it would cause you to have even a greater appreciation for Jesus and a greater appreciation for all that's been done for the sins of the world and for us spiritually speaking. I want to talk about six points of likeness. Number one, they were both born in Bethlehem. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1, this is after you remember when King Saul failed to do as God said and destroy all of the Amalekites. And this happened in this passage in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 1. The Lord says to Samuel, the judge of the last judge of Israel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king from among his sons. You know what's interesting about the word Bethlehem? In its origins, it was actually called Ephrathah. It was later called Bethlehem, and Bethlehem meaning house of bread. We also find that this place is also referred to in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. It is referred to as the city of David. 700 years before Jesus came, one of the minor prophets, the one called Micah, prophesied that Jesus the Messiah would come from this place. In fact, in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2, but you, Bethlehem of Frathah, though you were little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. 
In this passage, it uses the ancient name of Phratha together with the more modern name of Bethlehem. So, a point of likeness or a point of reference between the two is King David was born in Bethlehem and so was Jesus. But number two, they were both from the tribe of Judah. Now, interestingly, uh, the royal tribe of Judah, in the book of Ruth, we find that Boaz begat Judah. Judah begat Obed, Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. So from the, the royal lineage of the tribe of Judah came King David, but also Jesus. In fact, in Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10, this is speaking about the Messiah all the way back to the very first book of the Bible. Genesis 49 and 10 says this, The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from beneath between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Interesting, this phrase in the English language in the New King James says that the scepter shall not depart from Judah. It is better rendered as such. The scepter shall not come from or originate from Judah. Okay, stay with me. So, Let's look at some other words and we'll put it all together. How about the word scepter? The word scepter is a stick or gavel. It is a point of or it's a sign of authority. Another, another word, Shiloh. Shiloh means tranquil. It is an epithet for the Messiah. So putting these things together, the scepter of authority or the law shall not come from Judah until Shiloh comes, which is the Messiah. Now, why is, that, why is that significant? Because under the law of Moses, the tribe of Levi was the one that produced the priest. Now, in this, Jesus is the, from the tribe of Judah. And in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 14, for it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which the tribe of Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. So... The priesthood came from the tribe of Levi under the law of Moses. This passage all the way back in, verse, in Genesis chapter 49 and 10 says that the scepter of authority or spiritual government for God's people will not originate in Judah until the Messiah comes. Point of reference, point of likeness between Jesus and David, they were both from the tribe of Judah. Number three. They were both divinely chosen and anointed. You remember in 1 Samuel chapter 16 in verse 11. You remember when Samuel said to Jesse, as the sons of Jesse passed before or paraded before Samuel. And as they did, Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. In verse 12, So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. I want to make a point about the word ruddy. Okay, I've actually heard that scholars have rendered this. He was perhaps baby-faced, like for example, when he goes to slay the Philistine giant. He was ruddy. In other words, he was baby-faced. And I actually heard one scholar had written that uh, it meant that he didn't shave yet. He was, a, he was a younger person. But that's not what the word ruddy means. 
The word ruddy actually means reddish. So it is entirely possible, actually the the definition is reddish or thick flowing hair. So it's possible that David was handsome, built well with red flowing hair, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for he is the one. The next verse, in verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that very day forward. All right. So David was divinely uh, chosen and anointed. Incidentally, incidentally, Saul was the people's choice. And you remember why that they wanted a king? Samuel had done a wonderful job as judging Israel. He was the last judge. But the people wanted something else. And they said this, give us a king like all the other nations. Let us be like everybody else, like all the other nations. They chose a man that stood head and shoulders above everybody else. He must be our guy. He's our guy. He is head and shoulders bigger than everybody else. But the one that was divinely chosen and anointed was David. In like fashion, Jesus Christ was also divinely chosen and anointed. In Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 1, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Do you remember when Jesus was baptized? In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Now remember this too. Remember this too. Do you remember John's... Uh, I guess his attitude or response in baptizing Jesus. And you can just imagine how he felt like saying words like, uh, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus says this is to fulfill all righteousness. From that point forward, he was anointed. He was divinely chosen. But there's more. Secondly, also, he was manifested to Israel. Both were. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, David slays the Philistine giant Goliath. And up until that point in time, he was obviously a favorite and someone that, lo- that was loved by King Saul. Until this. As he's about to be manifested to Israel, David was, coming back from a slaughter of the Philistines, a great big win. All of a sudden, here they come in verse 7. Saul has slain his thousands, the women said, and David his ten thousands. He was manifested to Israel. What about Jesus? In John chapter 1, in verse 29, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Two verses later, I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel, for this cause came I baptizing in water. That's what John the Baptist said. Now, also, In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And by the way, 
From that point forward, Jesus was referred to as the anointed one that came to do the will of the Father. On the Mount of Transfiguration, by the, word, by the way, transfiguration just means to be transformed in, or manifested in a greater light or in a greater way or greater condition. And therefore, Jesus, his face did shine like the sun. And on that occasion, on the Mount of Transfiguration, God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. They were both manifested to Israel. But then there's this one. And I think this is so powerful. They were both tested and approved. I'm going to tell you, it is easy to be a certain way when things are going exactly how you would want them to go. But character is tested when you're up against it. Character and strength are tested when you're up against a great challenge or trial. And in this case, both were, tempted, were tested and both were approved. David, you remember, came to the throne by suffering. Do you remember when Saul wanted to kill him? He was in exile for a number of years. He came by suffering. And that's found in 1 Samuel chapters 18 through 30. What about Jesus? He also came to the throne by suffering. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. I love this. It says, he was in all points tempted like as we are and yet without sin. If you think for a minute that there's no one that understands, you're wrong. Jesus understands. Not only is he our king, but he's our high priest. He is making intercession for us even in heaven right now. That's the greatest leader in the world. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I was listening, watching a little bit of the debate the other day. And we were talking about, what about the people? What about the people? Listen, this is the greatest thing in the world. Jesus Christ, our high priest, is for the people, his people. And he's pleading our case in heaven, even as I speak now. What else? The Jews sought his life. John chapter 7 and verse 1. Do you remember when... In Luke chapter 4, they wanted to throw him over a cliff. And the Bible says that he passed through them and departed. He did not retaliate. What else? They both wandered on the earth. And I think really this is in reference to the time that David was in exile, wandering on the earth, having no place of permanence on earth. What about Jesus? Jesus did the same thing. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 20. When he says to that scribe, he said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It didn't mean the Lord was homeless or he didn't have anywhere to go. What it meant was he had no place of permanence on the earth, just like David. In the time of his suffering, in the time of his exile, he had no place of permanence on the earth. Here's the greatest thing in the world. They have a place of permanence in heaven. So what's better? Have a mansion here? Have a place of permanence here? Or a place of permanence in heaven? In a place that Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will go and, I will, and you will come too. And where I am, there you may be also. A place of permanence on the earth. They were both tested and approved. And finally this. Finally this. They were both invincible warriors. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 9, 
And I have been with you wherever you have gone. And have cut off all your enemies from before you. And have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who were on the earth. That is King David. As a king, David began his war in Jerusalem. So did Jesus. But his was a little bit different. This is what Jesus said. He began his war in Jerusalem. He said in Luke 24 and 47, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. The psalmist David would record this in Psalm 72 and 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun. This right here, where the war began in Jerusalem, that repentance and remission of sins was preached in his name among all nations, beginning there at Jerusalem, still exists today. We are still preaching repentance and remission of sins to the world. It began in Jerusalem, and you know what? It's right here in Bakersfield, California. It's anywhere we take the gospel. And what we do is we pray to God, and let's keep doing that, by the way, especially through pandemics and governmental structures and things that may stand in our way. Let's continue to pray that the gospel would have free course wherever it is preached. Planted in the heart of the recipient and glorified as a result through their life. So, invincible warriors they were as well. In conclusion, I want to just, here's the six points again, and I'm finished. They were both born in Bethlehem. They both were from the tribe of Judah. They both were chosen and anointed. They both were known to Israel. They both were tested and approved. And they both were invincible warriors. David in a physical sense and Jesus in a spiritual sense. Please get this. It doesn't matter what happens in our country or the world when it comes to the spiritual leadership that we have from our Lord. That doesn't matter. Nothing matters. You know, when the Bible talks about light afflictions, remember when Paul dealt with that? He wasn't saying that afflictions don't happen. He was saying that afflictions don't matter. They don't matter. The trials of life that are difficult to us, he wasn't saying they don't happen. He was saying they don't matter. He considers them light and temporary. Why? Because from a spiritual sense and a spiritual perspective, nothing else matters. And Paul said they are making him have an eternal weight of glory that's even greater. Your ability to praise and serve God all the days of your life. So let's focus on our leader. Let's focus on the greatest leader, and that's Jesus Christ. Here's our passage again, and we're finished. And he, is on, he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. That's the only leader that matters. Nothing else matters. So let's do this, shall we? We're coming up on election time and all these things are happening around us. Let's just set aside that and understand what's really important. Put God first in our life. Realize he's totally in control. And Jesus Christ is our king he is our Lord. He makes intercession for us. And whatever happens in the world, things will be okay from a spiritual perspective. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information, 
or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.